Hello, everyone, and welcome to a NBA Finals preview edition of the podcast. It should go without saying, I am your host, Andrew Lewis, and joining me today, we're very happy that he's up and about and ready for the NBA Finals. It's our resident NBA expert, Adam Amy. How are you doing, Adam? Contrary to popular belief, I did not fake an injury to sit down and watch the majority of the playoffs. But yes, on the mend and, and doing really well. I didn't fake an injury. He took a sledgehammer to his own lower leg, and that is the length that this man is willing to go to to watch uh, the NBA playoffs. So, um, yeah, it's good to it's good to hear you feeling better, and we're very excited to have you for an NBA previews check because it is NBA Christmas. Also joining us is our resident expert in NBA, all things NBA, and. Something else that I can't think of, it's Daniel Shea. <laughs> G'day. Yes, that, that thing that, you know, you're not allowed to show your face on television. Um, <laughs> and not in a bad way, you know, I'm really old and remember, remember ads about dentists in the 1980s sort of way. No, Daniel's not a dentist and now I'm going to get off that tangent. <laughs> I'm also not the thing I claimed to be on the other, <laughs> in our last pod. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. I mean, I've been getting good at my editing skills. Um, that may or may not have made it. So it made it. Okay. <laughs> it made it. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> okay. Um, hello to all people who might be listening to the podcast for the first time for various reasons. Um, just to make it very clear, and this might be a little bit uh, cryptic to a lot of people. Um, I'm not a barrister by trade, but anyway. <laughs> um, the NBA files are set. Golden State have been ready for a little while. They took care of the Dallas Mavericks in five games. The Heat and the Celtics played a knockout all-time classic series where they went back and forth, and then when it really got important, the game finally got close. Celtics almost lost from an unlosable position at the end of Game 7, but they are through to the NBA Finals to try and win their 18th NBA championship. The Golden State Warriors going for their sixth, I think, in history. They won a couple... I think they won the first one, like in the 1940s. Yeah. Um, I can remember being there. And um, <laughs> they also won, I think, one in uh, another one in the 40s or 50s or one in the 60s with Wilt. But um, that might have been the 76s by then and not the Philadelphia Warriors. Oh, wait a sec. No, they won one in the 70s with Rick Barry. And then one in 2015 and 2017 and 2018. The Golden State Warriors are the Western Conference champions. They are not. The team who had the best record in the Western Conference this season, or the best record in the NBA. That was my Phoenix Suns, and the Phoenix Suns didn't even make the conference finals. Um, they got beat by like a gajillion points at home in Game Seven against the Dallas Mavericks. They did make a heap of column inches, though. Oh yeah, well that's um, that, let me just let that solace just wash over me. <laughs> oh boy, oh um, boy, it's it's it was. Disappointing to say the least. I could I can say that this time I did not break a window. This is positive. Like I did so after game five of the NBA Finals last year, but it's the second straight year the Phoenix Suns have lost a playoff series after being two nothing up. Um, that is a problem. Um, oh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker were poor in game seven to say the least. Chris Paul was poor. Poorer the, the longer the series went on, and now to exacerbate matters, 
it looks like we're about to drive a 23-year-old former number one draft pick with three seasons, three or four seasons in the NBA. Mm-hmm. We're going to drive him to the airport for literally like 18 cents in the dollar. I will now light myself on fire. For the whole season, it really did look like they were in total, we're going to lay the smack down. We're just going to absolutely run. Nothing's going to stop it out. Nothing's going to stop us. We're just going to move everything out of our way, and we're going to just absolutely destroy everyone in the NBA. And they did it through the entire regular season. And they got to the NBA playoffs, and then, you know, the New Orleans gave them a, a big fight, pushed them to six games. The Pelicans, who weren't necessarily supposed to make the playoffs, were mm. like one in a hundred from their first 15 games. Zionless. Uh, hey, no Zion. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was like, yeah, but last year in the first round, we were 2 1 down against the Lakers. And Just getting started. Sort of warming out up. Like in the second, the second round, we swept the Nuggets. This will be fine. And then we got 2 0 up against the Mavericks. So I was like, oh, okay, this will be fine. And then we lost four of the next five games. Yeah, that, that, uh, that hurts. In, in, in many respects, the, the dark days of the mid 2000s were preferable to this because I just had no hope. Yeah. And I just, you know, I really, I really had come to think that we were gonna, we were gonna win the NBA title this season. And to be fair, I didn't really get worried until we didn't win Game Six, mm. because then anything could happen in a single game, and Game Seven proved it. And then the Mavericks were nowhere near the Warriors. And yeah, and we've got, you know, the Suns as built in their last game, um had the sort of lineup that would give the Warriors troubles. Um, don't really have anyone who can d- defend Aiton. We have someone who can defend Curry. Um, but I'm just... You take a couple of plays, guys. Just start talking about what you think about... Because this, I mean, okay. This is, this is <clears throat> what I think the Suns should do. All things being equal. First of all is... The first thing the Suns should do is go and see Doc Brown and get his DeLorean <laughs> and go back 12 months and pay DeAndre Ayton then instead of pissing him off, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's probably not there's probably not a number that the Suns could, you know, by the rules, put on a piece of paper to get that guy to sign, right? Yeah. yeah. They've pissed him off, right? Yep. If and by some miracle he signs. The guy's that's... 23. Yeah. But they chose. They don't grow on trees. And we think, oh, we'll just get it going and bring someone. We'll, we'll get one of the Lopez brothers or, or something ridiculous. And it's why like, Howard might be available. I think he's available. They're driving the wrong guy to the airport. <laughs> You've got runner up in defensive player of the year, Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges, isn't it? Yep. That's who they signed. I mean, signing Bridges is fine. The problem is, if you're going to sign Chris Paul at 37 years, at 36, 37 years of age to like a, what is essentially a two-year, sixty million dollar contract, then he's got to play better than that when it matters. For sure, undoubtedly. So, I know we had some discussion about Paul last year in in this exact part about his legacy, and I've been looking at. This is something I discussed in the chat, but it was really curse, you know, our group chat. But this was really cursory, so. I, I did. I did. There's, there's undoubtedly nine better guards in the history of the NBA than Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. I, I won't. I won't tolerate an argument that Chris Paul is better than any of these nine. 
MJ, Magic, Oscar, West, Kobe, Steph, Nash, Isaiah Thomas, and Bob Cousy. Right? Mm -hmm. All those guys are, are higher on my rankings, right? Yeah. So then take it down a level. Is <clears throat> Jason Kidd went to three NBA finals and won an NBA title. Yeah. Um, John Stockton was the best player on two teams that went to the NBA finals. Um, I say that because when when push came to shove, he was the best. Player. And he was at the end of his career, he was playing twenty eight minutes a night. But there's no, there's no, no one talks about the oh the the Jazz won one of those finals because Stock didn't show up. It was it was the mm. other superstar in his team. Yeah. Um, Allen Iverson, Gary Payton, Dwayne Wade, Ray Allen. Are, are, are these, are, you know, these, this is, there was so much on the line in terms of Chris Paul's legacy. And now it's just like, well, he's only ever going to win a title now if he's, you know, 40 year old grizzled vet coming off the bench playing 15 minutes a night. And he's, he's going to win a title the way Gary Payton won his title in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. In 2006. So that, that, that's gone. Does anyone disagree with my assessment of where he sits sort no. of historically now without really – he can't get in front of those nine guys unless something that is not going to happen happens. Yeah. Yeah, uh, look, it's – um, yeah, okay, I can imagine the disappointment. It's – I don't know. I just I, – I feel bad for Chris Paul because he's done so – he's had a really, really stellar season. And at his age to have a stellar season like that, um, I think is a is a great um, it, it, it's it's a tribute to the way he's looked after his body, um, the way I mean he's been great when he went to the Clippers when he was he just couldn't get to the the big dance. He took an OKC team with a pack of nobodies to the playoffs, and he's turned this Phoenix team into a contender. Um, I'm not going to debate whether or not Phoenix sort of um, counted their chickens and, and thought, sort of believe the hype. Um, but when, when it got down to the seventh game, I think that was, um, there was a hungry Luca at the other end and he's at the start of his career. So you're right. You watched it. Nothing went right. I don't think, I don't think you can in any logical sense put Chris Paul uh, in front of the majority of those guards. Um, you can put him in the same discussion as a couple, second tiers maybe, uh, maybe at the bottom of the top list. But the only thing, the only, the only consolation I've, I've, um, I've got for you today is at least you don't have Russell Westbrook on your team. You know what I do if I was you, Adam? And <laughs> Anthony you know, Davis. I had Russell Westbrook on my team. Did you say brick? I uh, whatever, whatever you want to call him. You know what I do? Yeah. I chuck. I'd start watching the highlights of all those titles you won that you saw won that you saw your team win. This is true. That's what I did. The one two years ago, Tw less than twenty was like September two thousand and twenty. It was during the same pandemic we're still in. <laughs> I knew well, I'd be up. What in two thousand ten? What in two thousand and ten? We're in game seven. Kobe Bryant couldn't hit water from the side of the boat, and he still won the title. Remember, I do go for an AFL team that lost the record, had the record losing streak. Yeah, yeah. I know what it's like to suffer. Okay, yeah. But then they won a premiership. Do we yeah, want to true. move then it to football? Lost one the year after. Do we want to move it to football? <clears throat> oh, after. Oh, wait. I think that's the sound of my heart breaking in the background. No, it isn't. 
Remember how you said you didn't smash a window? Calm down. <laughs> Who owns the longest active AFL Premiership streak right now? My team! The only teams I haven't seen win an AFL Premiership in my lifetime is my team and teams that weren't created when I was born. Yeah, fair call. Yeah, teams that for a period of my life, they didn't exist. They were a twinkle in Andrew Demetrio's eye. So... <sighs> You hear the faint sound. You I think I think I think this calls out for a little bit of balance on the CP thing. Look, one of the things I think that that has um kind of troubled CP throughout his career is he only has one gear. What that means is he plays really hard all the time. Last playoffs, one of his arms didn't work. He insisted on playing, and he had to actually do... They wouldn't let him play unless he could do a push-up. He couldn't do it. The only way he managed to get through that challenge, to get the trainers to allow him to play, this is last playoffs, mm. was he did a one-handed push-up. He could not use that arm that he'd hurt. Wow. He did not make a point of talking about it. He didn't even acknowledge it publicly, but it was known. He was injured this playoffs too. And still mm. hasn't publicly acknowledged it, and when asked about it, has refused to comment. He's getting older. He's done amazing things with um, extending his um, extending his ability to be productive and even and even a star player. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is worth acknowledging. Okay, he plays really hard. He doesn't have as much in the tank. He's a small guy who plays hard with big guys. For sure. And I think that's that's one thing that's important. Another one is. And I don't know if we talk about historically unlucky here, but there's, okay, so injury luck is one part of it. Another part of it is looking over the course of his career, he's been historically unlucky with some of the uh, top leadership in some of the franchises with which he's been involved. He was there when the Sterling saga um, derailed um, a run by a really good Clippers team. We know that there is some kind of bomb waiting to detonate centered around Sava. We know that's happening. We know that there's a story. We know there's been investigative uh, journalism. We know there have been multiple lawsuits filed to keep things quiet. We know it's going to hit at some point. We suspect it's got something to do with Aiton's performance through that last series and particularly with uh, a link to Monty Williams' comments about Aiton following the loss, right? Mm. not all of this loss or even some of these patterns of losses over time is on Chris Paul. It's just not. Yeah, um, and the fact is that if his body's breaking down, um, which it does because he pushes so hard and cares so much, it's not like he's, um, he's not uh, giving up halfway through, right? He's, he's mm. letting up. I suspect that once the um, once the once the complete record is finally written, it'll turn out he shouldn't have been on the court. Um, so I think that that's worth balance. Now, where does he sit historically? Well, unfortunately, the most important ability is availability, and he hasn't been fully available in his most useful self at some pretty important moments, and that's reflected in his playoff record. Yes, there are contextual factors. But again, when you're looking at it, when you're looking down the stats, it's like loss in the first round, loss in the second round, loss in the conference finals. Um, 
bad loss in the conference semis. You know, like, yeah. ultimately, his record still isn't going to place him ahead of those guys. It, it just won't. But I do think it's worth, at least at this point, while he's still around, while, while it's still possible to take this stuff into account, I think it's worth at least acknowledging that. Imagine what Bill Walton could have been if, he, if his body hadn't let him down, right? Mm. Um, he's, not, he's not talked about more as a player because he didn't play enough, probably, right? No, that's true. What would have happened if Arvidas Sabonis had hit the NBA mm, 10 years sooner, right? Five years sooner. Um, okay. Daniel? Yep. Daniel, you're right. It doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> and... Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to make you feel better, by the way. I was trying to make you go off tap. Yeah, and that worked. <laughs> and to be fair, to the viewers at home, I, I had promised to rant. Um, <laughs> you're right. I just made... I, I would just... You know, and I, you know I'm, I'm firmly in the Paul doesn't do his hamstring, Rockets win that championship camp. That yeah. that was that was the rocket year. He's cursed. Chris Paul yeah. is cursed. Well, do you believe me now? I I don't. I can't believe in curses. I just can't do it because I'm just. I, I'm just. I should. I'll just go to bed and never leave. Um, but I'll just make this point. Obviously, there is a there is a there is a there as you mentioned there is a, there is a bombshell way to drop, and even if there wasn't. This is this is a franchise which has a reputation for not spending the money required to win, and we've got yeah. a team in the NBA Finals for the sixth time in eight years, um, who have a, now have a well earned reputation for spending the money it takes to win. Um, I believe it's the case that since he, certainly at least since he took over the team, possibly um, I'm just trying to remember how that lines up with when luxury tax came into existence. Sava has never paid the luxury tax. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, if they were to sign Aiton for whatever they, it is, whatever it is he can sign, he was, he would be eligible to sign for. Yeah. For, It'd be quite a bit. And they, they, so, look, they'd be on the, they'd be on the tax for sure. It'd be 30 million. Is, um, but is this the most successful Phoenix ever been? Phoenix has ever been? But back-to-back seasons, almost getting like getting to the finals, and then unlucky losing a home game seven to not get to the finals. Like, I mean, over, you... over a two-year stint, probably. But I feel like, I mean, Barkley was there for three seasons, I think, three or four. Yeah. Well, that's what I was looking. Yeah, I was like, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, maybe that team. And that that like. Hardcore Suns fans like myself, you know, like ninety three was ninety three was MJ, so that was always going to be tough. But ninety five was sort of the one that got away when the Rockets yeah. were like the sixth seed and beat beat Utah. They beat four fifty win teams to win the title. Um, that's the Mario Eli game. Mm. Um, so you know, Sava bought the team just as Nash arrived. Yeah, and. Our, our friend of the program, Bill Simmons, has is well documented in various fora the the amount of things that happened over the next six or seven years where where Sava wasn't willing to push his chips in the middle of the table to you know to not leave you know to you know, let's just have a cliche pile on but to not leave any stone unturned to win the championship yeah so trading you know letting Joe Johnson leave. Um, 
trading uh, draft picks that could have become Luol Deng and Rajon Rondo for like cash considerations. Um, that sort yeah. of stuff. Um, so there's that. And, you know, it's interesting. There are, you know, in mm. soccer, there is sort of a move for people or organizations or governments um, who have PR problems to yeah. buy football teams to make themselves look good. So, um, yeah, yeah, fair point. Various Arabian Peninsula royal families own Paris Saint Germain and Manchester City, and then the Saudis just bought Newcastle United. They had like 16 times more money than the guys who own Manchester City, who have like 20 billion dollars. So, um, Salva hasn't felt compelled to do that, and obviously, you know, what it'll all come out once Aiton leaves. Mm. But this is the point for me. And, you know, you know, trading for Paul was sort of pushing the chips to the middle table. It didn't, they didn't necessarily pay the, the luxury tax because they got Chris Paul because they had these guys on rookie deals. Um, yeah. But Booker's 25, Bridges is 25, and Aiton's 23, right? It's an amazing you young to, call. You yeah. don't have to do what um, Daryl Morey's done his whole career as a GM or what. You know, GM LeBron James has done in, you know, you know, it, you know, was part of in Miami because he was the guy who got brought in, but then yeah. did in Cleveland and then did in Los Angeles. Like, I only get my two other guys. You've got them already. You've got your three guys. And if you run, an, you run a franchise, you just make sure those guys get paid and those guys get looked after. DeAndre Ayton went to university at in Arizona. He's a sun devil. Yeah. Um. You look at those three guys, and then if you take care of those three guys and you're competitive, if you're a 50-win team every season, which you should be able to do if you have those three guys, then Jake, guys like Jay Crowder will just fall into your lap. Correct. One of them will fall in your lap every season. I'll sign for three for 30. Mm -hmm. I'm 28, and I want to get my ring. I don't. Yeah. You're right. That's what this, annoys this me. Is, this is, yeah, and it's frustrating because this is that moment. It's like. If yep. you really want to push your chips in, yeah, you've got to you've got to re-sign Aiton, and and the math says, and look, it's not going to happen. It's yep. going to be a lot. It's going to be a there's a powder keg that's about to go off. Let's let's participate in what some in the industry describe as real talk. Okay, Devin Booker has never made any sound whatsoever right throughout the dark old days that he wanted to trade. He was unhappy in Phoenix. He wanted to leave, and they're not doing what is necessary. They're not repaying the loyalty he's paid to him. He's in, you know, he's 25. He just, he's just been named all NBA first team and deservedly so. He was the best player in the NBA this season that no one talked about in that conversation. You know, you, you that's not to say he was the I best player. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not on the, I'm not on the, where's the MVP love for Booker? No, there were clearly three players in the NBA this season who, you know, deserved that better but the, the rest of them he was probably the best the most important um and yet we're probably 18 months away from you know booker saying i need to go somewhere to compete you know the story you know i'm yeah. i i i haven't you know they're not doing the things i need to be successful we need this team to be successful yeah, if they can't the give me that support off. maybe i've got to do something to try and get to that situation mm. 
And then, you know, we're talking about this Phoenix Suns team the same way we talked about the Barkley team and the Nash team, and it's just... The wheels fall off and it's a, yeah. it's a, it turns into a train wreck. And it was entirely predictable and preventable. We'll see. Mm. That was an impressive rant, by the way. And, and it's a cautionary tale for other young up-and-coming teams, Daniel. Atlanta Hawks, we're watching you. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> the Atlanta Hawks. Well, I, I mean, if, if, if spending is a the conglomerate that includes... Doesn't include Aaron Rodgers anyway. Just paid a record amount of money for um, uh, one of the best front office guys was, in the league. It was Alex Rodriguez. Oh, former, Rodriguez, sorry, the yeah. guy who at one time signed the most expensive contract in baseball history. So, mm. Mm. <clears throat> so I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful with new ownership and a new front, a new front office uh, czar. Um, I, I, I'm hopeful too. I'm hopeful that, you know, that the Anthony Edwards era in Minnesota is successful. And, you know, a guy like Anthony Edwards, who's following the same trajectory as Booker and probably getting to heights a little bit earlier, yeah, um, is looked after and the pieces are put around him and, you know, that they yeah. trade Pat Bev once he outstays his welcome, which will happen. Which will. Um, yeah. Look, I, 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 yeah, I spoke about... Uh, Edwards on on the last episode as far as the card collecting side of things and I think he's a, a good investment for the future. We'll just hope that Minnesota sort of sees eye to eye of that and that and you can hear the Timberwolves outside in agreement. It's they it's are. excellent. <laughs> yeah, they every time I mention the Ant Man, I must <laughs> do it a lot. Um So yes. the Golden State Warriors, I, I I'm done. I don't I don't yeah, want to see it's a so. perfect segue because it'd be the all NBA selection. I said when they I saw D Booker, I said, look, they've spelt Stephen Curry wrong. Ah, yeah. So <laughs> Steph made all NBA second team, didn't he? That's correct. That's correct. Um, what does the curry resume look like? Let's let's go to the old oh just Steph Curry. Wardell Stephen Curry. So he's a junior. So here, here we go, right? Mm-hmm. The curry. Current the you make for Steph is three-time champion, arguably the best team on all of those three championship teams, certainly the best team on one of them, and the leader on all three of those teams. Yes. Um, two-time MVP, second time, you know, back-to-back MVPs, second year unanimous, first ever unanimous MVP. First ever unanimous MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this year so far. Western Conference Finals MVP, first winner of the Magic Johnson MVP award. Um, was it presented to him by the guy who played Magic in Winning Time? <laughs> that would actually have been funny. I'm, 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 I'm very as happy as long as series. as long as Tatum gets the uh, Larry Bird Trophy presented by the guy <laughs> that played Bird. <laughs> just says. Just, just mutters something with one word, and that's it. Yeah. Highly recommend all those people at home who haven't seen Winning Time. Uh, to watch it. If you have seen Winning Time, you're looking for something else along, very much along the same lines, but a little bit more realistic. I'm halfway through the offer on Paramount Plus. Um, you also won the All Star Game MVP this year. That's the Kobe Bryant MVP award, that isn't is, it? That is correct. Yeah. So four time All NBA first team, three time second team, once. So seven times in the best 10 players in the league. Mm-hmm. Two time three point champion, two time scoring champion. 2016 led the league in steals. In 2016, shot 50, 40, 90, and is in the NBA Finals again. Sixth NBA 
NBA final appearance. Potentially fourth NBA championship. Now, Daniel, I'm just going to pick your thoughts for a moment about this question. I mean, pick, we'll ask you about this question while Adam starts thinking like I did about 10 minutes ago and gets angry. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, so, Mag, so the three best guards of all time, in my estimation, the Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, and Oscar, right? Not that all. MJ won Magic 2, Oscar 3, right? I'm gonna at the moment, I'm gonna give Adam I'm gonna I'm gonna concede the argument that we've always been threatening our heavens to just Kobe's ahead of Jerry Weston for four, right? Yep. My question is this, Daniel. If Steph Curry if the Golden State Warriors win the NBA title, is Steph Curry moved up to the fourth greatest guard in NBA history? Is that his uh, legacy? Is he now like if you're picking all time second five, is he in a top ten player of all time? Five titles for Kobe, one MVP, probably the be- yeah, certainly the best player on two of those titles, two times Finals, uh, two two times Finals MVP. Didn't Kobe didn't mm-hmm. win Correct. one with one of the three Shacks. Um, and I'm I haven't got his rest of his resume in front of me. I'm sure there were more. F- Actually, let's just call it up. Let's just. So so we're talking. I'm best not taking into a- Yeah, I'm not taking into account Academy Awards. But you know, <laughs> Steph's got time. He, he, yeah, he's got time. He's got a beautiful smile for for movies. Bryant was eleven times first team, two times second team, two times third team. He was also nine times all defensive first team. So Your thoughts, he... Daniel? I I think I might have just made my mind up. But anyway, <laughs> so I think one thing that um. You know, Kobe Kobe has that very, very few guards, including the others on that list have, is, I guess, longevity of excellence, right? Steph often gets an unfair bad rap as being a, a poor defender. He's not a poor defender. He's a good defender. Um, he's a very good scheme defender. He's got great and always has had great lower body strength. Bigger guys who think they can move him are wrong. Um, but playing in an era gets blown by um he's not looking like making all defensive teams anytime soon um uh, which tends to become less and less likely as as people as as players get they age a bit they get slower um so i don't think you i don't think you make the case um or in terms of kind of two-way value right um i do think steph has an ability to get a huge amount out of his teammates um, by virtue of the way he plays. That gravity gets people a lot of open shots. Um, I think uh, Bill Simmons on his pod recently was making the argument that his assist should sort of of count for, uh, sorry, to get a a fairer representation of his his playmaking uh, influence on games, you kind of, you know, each of the assists he actually gets should be worth about one and a half because... There are plenty of plays where he's kind of involved, distracting, drawing people with his gravity, and people are getting open shots, even if he's not the one who makes the last pass. Um, The thing is, there is a chance, because obviously he's, what is he, 12, 13 years in now, something like that? Been going a while. Um, It's hard to make the case, given how long Kobe was that good. Um. Mm. 13 Someone, seasons in for Steph. 
13 seasons in, right? So he's got another seven to go before he can, um, before he kind of catches Kobe, right? In yep. terms of longevity. What the, what the, what the entire resume looks like. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to be fair, like he does have, um, in many ways, a type of game that's quite likely to age well. Yeah. Um, uh, the part of it that, the part of it we might see fall off is that constant movement. Um, that, yeah. st- that stamina is likely to fall off a little bit. Um, and that may well affect his, um, his influence on the game. Honestly, I think it's hard, I think it's hard to make the case at this point. I think it's hard to make the case, um, to put him ahead of Kobe, but I, the- I, just looking at their resumes, mm. I found myself drifting back towards Kobe, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, the two-way stuff does make a difference. Mm. However, there's, there, there is the one thing that is not like the other thing. And mm-hmm. this is, this is sadly for you, Adam, I think it's unarguable. And that is this. Steph changed the game. Basketball pre-Steph is different to basketball post-Steph. While Kobe was a wonderful recreation of something that already existed in the NBA. Yes. Um, you're not getting. You're actually not going to get any any argument from me here. In fact, yeah, I'll, I'll finish <laughs> and then I'll, yeah. I'll so explain why like I'm not going to. There, there is a, there is an important part of Steph's legacy which belongs with, funnily enough, not Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. but belongs more with people like Bill Russell. Yeah. In terms of basketball, was played differently after this guy came along. You know. Yeah. Agreed. Michael Jordan took what Julius Irving had done and David Thompson had done and, you know, brought it to its zenith, right? And then Kobe did 97% of it. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Steph has, you know, the game is different. And, you know, Kobe's last championship in in that last finals MVP is like the last – Heard it mentioned again this week. It's like the last moment of the old NBA. It was an 82-79 game seven where mm. not many threes were taken and a lot of the work, a lot of the game happened, you know, 15 feet from the basket. And mm-hmm. then that that the game changed. But I think like, but, yeah. but I think but I think it's it's actually an open question how we evaluate that. Like how we how we factor that into uh someone's greatness. Like he's not the first player to play like that. It, he came along at the right time as well. Like you look at uh, Mahmoud Abdul Raouf, mm. who played with that motion, with that great range, with that amazing handle. Um, but the the league wasn't wasn't up for him. Yeah, and the league was, the the league was the same before and after. Well, yeah, yeah. again, but like if you're looking at a pre post thing, right? How much of it is Steph, and how much of it is the league being ready for that change, right? When when mm. Abdul uh, Abdul Rauf played, and everyone, including Steph, acknowledges this, right? When Abdul Rauf played, that skill set, that style of play, wasn't supported in the same way by the team that that he was on, right? Yeah, yeah, it was, and it was a and, bad team and, for a lot of the time he was in Denver. And the league wasn't responsive yeah. to that change at that time, right? If Steph had played ten years earlier, he wouldn't have been less good. But the league wouldn't have changed, or arguably, wouldn't have changed as dramatically 
because mm. Malik wasn't ready to make that change. So, sure. so we've got we've got Daniel's guard rankings of all time. So it's MJ, Magic, Oscar, then Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf, <laughs> then Steph Curry. Um, I, I guess I think it's a co- because it's a combination of um, kind of the the broader environment and what he was bringing to the table. I mean, like again, you talk about era stuff. Um, there's a reasonable chance that if Steph had played in an earlier era where uh, medical knowledge was not as good, his ankles would have, you know, uh, would, have, yeah. would have sunk his yeah. career. Yeah, yeah. Um, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have been able to see this um, this amazing player we get to see now. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it's arguable that the league was different before and after Steph. It's a, yeah. uh, you know, um, the timing uh, was amazing, but it's a combination of his individual greatness, um, the system he was able to play in that, that made the most of those talents, and the league being ready to make that change. I mean, it wasn't because of, um, of Steph that the league realized it had an offense problem, a scoring problem, and made rules and kept trying to make rules to increase scoring in the league, right? To the point where yeah. offense became more important than defense again. Um, right. So that wasn't the case in the nineties. That wasn't yes. happening. That wasn't happening in the nineties or the noughties. Mm. Um, and so, you know, Steph comes in at that point, he spends a lot of time getting clobbered. Now he's a really, really good player. He wouldn't have been bad or anything. But the league changing in response, I wouldn't have expected it to happen back then, even if it was really good. Um, the league didn't yeah. change when uh, the league didn't change because Reggie Miller was great at really, really, really good at working off the ball to um, to get open for those long range shots. He was an excellent player in his time, right? But he didn't change the league, and that's not just because he wasn't good enough, right? That's mm. partly because the league wasn't willing to do that then. Fair point. Uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be back with more. Daniel takes a fire extinguisher to Andrew's hot takes right over this. Um, That's all right. I've got, I've got some fuel and some matches. Um, the, other, the, other, the, other, the other difference is that Steph's one of the all-time great teammates. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And Kobe, Kobe, Kobe being a team player, just like Michael, exactly like Michael, it was a learned behavior. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think, and you know, having oh, all of you played plenty of ball, you know the best teammates you played with. And just like I like people, you people who you play with, you're like, oh, you like playing with other people. Correct. So, Correct. and people who are like, no, 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 stand over there, I got this. So, hold my beer. Yeah. And you know, I think, I think to be perfectly honest, sometimes we both overvalue and undervalue innate skill and ability to develop. So, and Kobe might be the greatest ever. I'm going to address that weakness guy in NBA history. Yeah. So, I'm not going to, I'm not going to compare Kobe, Kobe and Steph, because that's just not me, but I am on your side as far as his legacy goes. Hmm. Um, I'm going to give myself a bit of a selfless, like a shameless plug. Oh, very good. Um, so on the You Can't Comp This podcast, episode 29 last week. Available wherever you hear your podcasts. That's correct. Um, so we were talking about uh, Steph's legacy, funnily enough, as far as his trading card value goes. And people, uh, well, my co-host was very, very, look, like Steph's great and all, but 
like you can't put him on the same sort of platform as a LeBron being that generational talent. And I and I took uh, I took him back to we're talking about whether or not to invest in cards and and I said, look, when I was selling basketball cards to uh, children down at like the Dandenong Stadium, and they're all like base cards today. Every second child wanted Steph Curry. These are under 12s, under 15 kids. Hmm. And this is about, we'll say five or six years ago. Yeah. For, for a short period. This is Steph in his, in his prime, right? Yeah. Every child was wearing number 30 and wanted to be Steph Curry. Yep. So my I, argument, I... my argument there was hang on a second. These 12-year-olds, in 15 years, when they can afford ridiculously expensive basketball cards, that's the player they're going to buy. Yeah. My my yeah. eldest is a Warriors fan because of Steph. Yes. You know, I don't have a child who barracks for, you know, whatever team LeBron's playing for today. So. <laughs> I'm not even going to start. We're not, you're not getting me to go on a rant. Um, <laughs> I think Stephen Curry has had a profound impact on the game. Um, and and I, I actually took it back a step rather than saying the greatest guard of all time because we're a, a sports card show. We were more, uh, I was more just trying to put the argument forward that he was potentially the greatest point guard of all time. Does he have a case to make? And look, he probably doesn't. Magic's going to, magic's going to take that. Um, but he's, it's a profound impact, and I use Magic as my comparison because they've both played the game to an extremely high level, and all they ever do is smile. And the kids these days, like I, the I, impact on the league is is phenomenal. There's there's no there's no comparison to the way that, like, actually no, there is a comparison. Kids like with their Magic Johnson uniforms. Kids with their Jordan jerseys. Kids didn't run around in LeBron jerseys. They ran around in Kobe jerseys and then Steph jerseys. And the kids are the future of the game, so you know that's where it's going. That's people in 20 years when 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 your kids are doing a podcast about the NBA, they're going to be comparing people to Steph Curry. Yeah. Not to and Jordan. I'll be like, you know who doesn't get enough respect from you younger folk? Jeff Hornacek. That guy could shoot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like this is this guy is generational. Yeah. yeah. He inspired, and it's the most frustrating thing as a basketball coach to get to basketball training than a bunch of ten-year-olds want to jack threes all afternoon. Yeah, I'll just stand at the free throw does. line to catch them. <laughs> this is true. They'd be like two meters behind the three point line, and you stand at the free throw line, wait to catch the ball. <laughs> anyway, I think I think Stephen Curry has a has had a profound impact on the league. Um, total agreement, Andrew. I'm not going to put Kobe behind him. Well, it's interesting because a lot of that. there's some suggestion the argument is going to be if the Warriors win the title, you know, is Curry or LeBron greater? So, and I mm. think. Well, I mean, Ke- Kendrick Perkins uh, said on television that if Curry, if the Warriors win the finals and and um, win, win the chip and um, and Curry wins the finals MVP, he's clearly better than Magic. That was uh, that was his take. You yeah. had me at Kendrick Perkins said. <laughs> Hot takes. 
Hot um, takes from Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, um, better than Magic Johnson. Um, but look, he's got, he's still got a way to go in his career, and you're right. But like, you, I, I think he did revolutionise the game. Um, he's inspired a generation, and it's um, he's hard not to like. Wherever wherever you put him, yeah, he's up on that extremely likable scale. Which is very difficult for someone like Kobe because he wasn't very likable. And those comparisons you're talking about, Ads, like they're already happening, right? Yeah. Um, Damian Lillard is sick of getting compared to Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah. Trey Young, Trey Young's been compared to Steph, you know, like yep. a lot of these, you know, smaller guards with range just keep getting compared to him now already, you know. And they, these are, you know, younger contemporaries of his. Mm-hmm. And that and that's the thing. Like it's a skill set that people have uh have developed and look, I, I think over the next decade you're gonna have a lot of NBA players that were inspired by the warrior the, the warrior the Warriors fans. They they idolized Steph Curry. They loved watching the Splash Brothers and the fact that they could hit a three from anywhere and you're gonna get these these aspiring guards. Um I, I think he's nothing but good for the game and wherever you put him, he's in that top echelon. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Do you want to- anyway. Do you just want to keep going because you know the finals start on Friday Australian time? And well, well, funnily enough, we can keep going and talk about how Steph Curry is going to win his fifth ring well, and, the... and a final and another finals MVP if you like. Fourth ring, fourth ring. Um, oh, it's fourth ring. He's going to win another fourth. one on top of it. Yeah, they, they didn't win in 2016 somehow, and they didn't win in 2019 because Curry was the only one who was left. Yeah, they did. Oh, I never watched the end of that. What happened? They lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam, the case for the Warriors winning the title, the floor is yours. Winning okay. Finals. Um, I'm going to sum this up nice and quickly. This is there's, the, there's not really much of a case to make. These guys have timed their run to perfection. We've got Gary Payton coming back. Not Gary Payton, the first. Um, we've got Steph in prime form, ready for another... Finals MVP. Clay is doing Clay things again. He's looking a lot better. I think he actually started picking himself up after we were all together and talking about how Clay wasn't as good as Clay. That was his his first. He listens to he he listens to a lot of podcasts. Somehow he manages to only listen to tiny snippets and then uh, (laughs) does does instant reacts. So exactly, it's getting he's getting down the the down the. Picking order um, if he's listening to us. Draymond, Draymond's actually hello to Draymond if you're listening. Has been doing well. Um, I think Wiggins is is probably their key. But the statistic they they bantered around on a bunch of memes and and like laughing at the Celtics, I guess. And and it's not a laughable matter. This is the NBA Finals. Their roster has over 120 games of experience, and this is Boston's first time at the dance for anyone on that squad. Yeah, so they got Curry. Thompson, Green, and Iguodala, who were there pretty much for all of the previous NBA Finals. Yeah, um, and Looney. Yes, um, uh, yeah, we can't we can't discount Looney. So but, yeah, yeah. And it, you know he's an important part of this rotation. It just seems to be that he he, he is able to give them something at this stage. Well, um, they're, they're, they're a very well-balanced side. Um, Jordan Poole off the bench has been a scoring machine, really stepped up. Wiggins, the defense of Wiggins has been phenomenal. 
I'm sure Dan's been really impressed with the way Wiggins has played in Golden State. <laughs> it's like, look what he's capable of. Um, I think Steph's going to win Finals MVP when the when if the Warriors win, purely on the fact that he's the leader of that team. It's not going to be there, there's going to be a case to be made, I think, for and I'm going to put the Smokey as Wiggins. He's the but, one that did the job on Luca. I, I think annihilated the Mavericks. I think I've tried to bait you enough, Adam. Okay. So now it's time for me to be an equal opportunity baiter. <laughs> um, Adrian, a, ma- a, a mass debater, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Um, no comment. Yeah, I'm, I'm holding it. Um. Oh, no. Andrew Wiggins, you played, what, four or five seasons in Minnesota with Daniel's Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, yes. Scored 10,000 of the least important points in NBA history, yeah. or whatever it was, and was traded to Golden State with a first-round draft pick for, De- for D'Angelo Russell. Now, Russell had a good season. Mm-hmm. He had a good season before he was in Golden State. He went to Golden State as part of the Durant deal. Mm-hmm. Um but Wiggins was always the piece to move to get another guy from from somewhere. I remember this discussion. And there were lots about. and lots of oh, Wiggins and this to get Ben Simmons, or Wiggins and that to get this, or can they package this draft pick with Wiggins to? Yeah, because you know he was on, he's, and still is on a significant salary, and now we're talking about him being the key swing piece in the NBA Finals because of his size and his ability to defend on the wing. I think we were just as shocked when we were talking about him in the All-Star game. Yeah. Oh, you mean when he started? Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Another, that, that, that's another so Dan thing has been go, paying that, attention. That's another thing that could go down on Steph Curry's legacy. What's so popular that Andrew Wiggins started in an All-Star game? Because um, <laughs> those two are related. Um, how does that make you feel, Daniel? <laughs> I thought I was going to get baited. <laughs> oh, no, Daniel's um, getting, we're talking about the ex Timberwolf, so oh that's right. Yeah, I've already been baited with the Because the guy who yeah. was like an unfulfilled um talent in Minnesota, who you know, Jimmy Butler called out for just not giving enough of a hoot. Yeah, Dan, just remember remember Andrew's already set the bar for rants today. No, no. I've had a lot of time to think about this. Um <laughs> To, to be honest, the problem was always us anyway. <laughs> I mean, I'm hopeful about the future. It's not you, but, it's us. But, yeah, but we, but we, <laughs> you know, we had this. You're giving me this, the nuts, you, it's me routine. Yeah. But, you know, we had this history of, of drafting poorly. We, we didn't have very good player development. Um, I mean, we made these historically bad deals. Um, I don't think we could have gotten this out of Wiggins. Right, I don't think uh, the mm. fact is he went he went from Minnesota, a team that didn't have an identity, to which hopefully is in the pro in the process of developing one now, right? But yeah, sure. at the time he left, we didn't have one. We had no kind of momentum. We didn't have any kind of winning culture. Yeah, uh, we didn't have a good track record of um, kind of um, picking and developing incomplete prospects. We just yeah. Didn't have a good development program, um, and he went to, you know, <laughs> the um, he went went to one of the best 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 systems, best cultures, best team vibes in the entire league, if not the best, right? Yep. The Without fact a doubt. that the fact that you know this 
this guy who's bigger than everyone thinks he is at 6'8 and insanely athletic and who everyone thought had the tools to become a fantastic defender suddenly does for a team that plays great team defense and has for years, right? The fact that now this guy who used to stand around when he didn't have the ball on offense runs because everyone on the Warriors runs. Yeah. I don't think we missed this opportunity. I think they turned him into this. Um, they brought out the best in him for sure. He had he had the potential, but he knows that if he passes the ball, he'll get it back if he gets into the right spot. He um, he knows that if he plays good defense, that he's being part of that team structure. He has a role. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, honestly, I think his his will and drive still do fluctuate a bit, but when he's good for the Warriors, he's really he's good. Great. Yeah. And honestly, it's like I'm kind of happy for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to see it because I think he was languishing in um you know, uh languishing with us. Um funnily enough, I think, you know, if we had him now, we could he'd be in a much better position than he was um than he was when we actually did have him, right? Yeah. Because things are changing for the better, but um you know, he's got reason to be happy. He's got a role, he's got a team. Um you know, he's He's going to be a free agent after next season. He's extension eligible after this one. Um, I think he'll be extending. Yeah. For but sure. This is the thing. This guy who was thought of as not exactly being a bust because he scored, like, you know, he always scored and stuff like that. But this guy yeah. was thought to be overpaid as soon as that contract was signed. Um, Looks like he might get extended for it, you know? Yeah. That's surprising, isn't it? Um, Because he's now playing for a team that doesn't mind the money. Um. And that really values him, mm. you know. Yeah, like they do. They there do. are very, there are very, very, very few players who can play Luca straight up. You know, Luca is the best ISO player in the entire league on centers. Like, it's not close. And you put a small guy on Luca, and he's even more efficient, right? Um, Wiggins is sneakily not as heavy, but the same height as Luca, right? Yeah, uh, and did a better job defending him than anyone. So yeah, I mean, you know, look, he's. It's good to see. Honestly, it's good to see. I think it's great. And yeah, before 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 I we end the uh, pre the premature celebrations for the Warriors championship, I'd like to say I think that this matchup comes down to the Warriors wearing down Boston's defense. I just think they've got too much firepower in the clip. I think they've got too much shooting power, and they're just too well-drilled. I think they've made their run. They've timed it to perfection, and and I just think Boston are going to be outmatched. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a sweep, but I, I, I definitely see Warriors in five or six. Okay. Um, I've got one certainty, I believe, about the series as far as the Warriors are concerned, is that mm-hmm. at some stage in some game, they'll be up 30. I thought you were about to say Draymond's going to get booted, but... I mean... It's, 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 um, there's potential for that, but anyway. They'll win a game big. Yeah. Because they just... They, I mean, they just have so many weapons. Um, they just do that. They just blow a team out and go, this is what we're capable of. Pool... Kaminga. But Curry, I mean, better go back to the old heads. Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Draymond, Looney. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, they would, they're, they're, um, 
Is Iggy they're doing gonna, that during the playoffs? During the possibly. finals? They possibly. Yeah. They're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna. Um. He's doing a great job coaching from the, cut, from the sidelines. Yeah. Trying to get around the soft cap. Mm. Um. Okie dokie, Daniel. 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 The case mm. for the opposition. So I think this is the actually going to be Boston Celtics. Yeah. So I think this is actually going to be a great, um, a great series for a lot of reasons. Um, and I think in some ways there's an amount of that, um, the irresistible force meets the immovable object, uh, kind of like what Ads was talking about. Um, but the case, the case, the case. Um, so uh, there's out of the 29 uh, teams not named uh, the Golden State Warriors, there is precisely one that has a winning record against the Golden State Warriors in the Steve Kerr era. Want to guess who it is? Ooh, I know, I know, because I heard it somewhere else. But... Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, the Boston... I, I don't know. Please do tell. <laughs> the Boston Celtics. Oh, wait. And, yeah. And so, <laughs> you know, look, um, uh, there are, you know, some individual kind of matchup things that come into it as well. Marcus Smart um, has a, an extremely good record guarding Steph Curry, uh, even mm-hmm. as part of the system. Um, I suppose one of the things that, you know, um, can give one pause about the Celtics over this, this kind of playoff run has been their ability to kind of finish, finish teams off. But the emergence of Jason Tatum, um, has been spectacular. Um, he is even bigger than Andrew Wiggins is, um, and has kind of emerged in, he hasn't been able to do it every single game, but in the games where he's on. He is um, a truly elite scorer from anywhere on the court. Um, and um, Al, For- Al-, Al Horford is kind of a really, really good matchup um, for uh, Draymond. And I don't say that ironically. Um, mm. Draymond is not a zero on offense. Draymond is a very, very influential and important player on offense. And you saw that value when he was out injured by its absence, right? Yes. Um, and Al Horford is, in some ways, a really interesting analog for him. He's bigger, but he's a playmaking big, which is effectively what Draymond is, right? Um, yeah. And he has Horford has played a superb defense um, uh, in this playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. He had a really nice long rest last season with um, uh, <laughs> last season with OKC. Uh, what did he play? Twenty games. And um, this season, he's come back as a kind of a new man. He's played fantastically well. One of the X factors, an important, unfortunate X factor, is going to be injuries. Um, I mean, looking at the depth charts at the moment, Otto Porter may or may not play. Gary Payton the second may or may not play at all in the series. Iggy is currently out as well. Um, and everyone's forgotten about him, but, you know, Wiseman's, still, Wiseman's also out. Um, but... When he has been able to play, Robert Williams, Time Lord, has been a, a real difference maker. This yeah. already kind of powerful defensive team has a really huge un- defensive presence. Yeah, he just really unsettles people when he's in. When they can, when they can play, particularly when they can, when they can go, when they can play two bigs, Horford and Williams, um, they're terrifying. <laughs> they're terrifying. Their small forward is Tatum. They're enormous. Um, so I actually they, think... I mean, they can, they can, they can, they can do, they can throw um, serious defensive lineups 
at teams, sort of regardless of how they, what sort of lineup they throw out, big or small. Yeah, and because it's you, not like it's not like Derek White, Marcus Smart's the defensive player of the year. It's not like Derek White's not a good defensive player. So, yeah, no, okay. but for a lack of alternatives, Derek White is who you have to target if you're going to try to target someone, and he's not a bad defender. No, he's, no, he's short, actually not he's just, that bad at all. He, he's a very good defender. He's just the shortest guy on the court when he's on. Yeah. Um, kind of the only guy in their kind of, you know, top eight or so that you could even think about targeting is eight, nine is Peyton Pritchett. But he's been he's been playing such smooth, efficient offense. Um, so. I think they're deeper than the Warriors. Um, I think their defense is uh, is fantastic. I actually think that their defense is more likely to wear down the Warriors offense than the other way around, honestly. Um, and I think there are some important um, important gaps. I think the Warriors are going to really miss um, uh, GP2. I think that's a pretty big, because he provides a kind of, um, even on offense, he provides a certain amount of disruptive chaos um, in terms of someone who can actually put it on the floor and get straight, get all the way to the hoop. Um, the challenge facing the Celtics is what to do when they really need a bucket and during what has happened a few times this playoffs where Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both forget how to dribble at the same time. <laughs> Jalen um, Brown could dribble? The um the Warriors are so the 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 Celtics are one of the like the, the seventh best turnover team in the league in terms of not giving them up. The Warriors mm-hmm. are one of the best at um, producing turnovers, um, and also one of the uh, one of the worst offenders at uh, creating turnovers. Sorry, giving up turnovers um, just because of how much they move the ball. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot is going to come down to what happens with those passing lanes, whether, mm. um, you know, whether Boston can uh, hit its shots. Um, and I think pace is going to be really important too. Um, against a lot of good defensive teams, speeding things up can be helpful because it stops them from setting their defense. But guess who's better at defending transition than anyone else? Yeah, I, think you see how this, I, think you, I think you see where this is going. Yes. Is, um, is, you're, you're, you're really painting this whole uh, unstoppable force, immovable object. Yeah, and um, picture, like I, yeah. I'm psyched as I'm psyched as hell for these finals. <laughs> I want to watch every second of them. Um, yeah, I'm making the case for the Celtics, but I, I want to watch these games, and I, I, I ideally hope it goes seven. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be great. Um, enough, ca- enough case, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough case. I tend to think the key for Boston is Horford. Nice. Yeah. Because yeah. As, as as solid as Looney has been in these playoffs, they, they, they don't get a lot of offense. They can't really get a lot of offensive production out of him. Mm. And Horford, they can get. I mean, I, it's sort of hard to believe how they Jedi mind trick somebody to turn Kemba, you know, a, a completely broken down Kemba into Al Horford. But I guess we. The, you know, we all thought Al Horford was done, and that clearly wasn't the case. There was a reason why Philadelphia gave him all, or tried to give him all that money. Um, yeah, and this is why. Um, he's uh, he's absolutely the guy you want in the last five minutes of a game seven on the floor playing five, and he's now the player who played the most playoff games before playing their first NBA Finals game. So. 
Yeah, that's it. I think he's important in another way too, in terms of spacing uh, the offense. Basically, if Smart, Horford, White, and Grant Williams are all not hitting threes, yeah, they will struggle offensively. Um, yeah. yeah, if if two of those guys are hitting a decent, you know, thirty five percent, yeah, um, they'll be okay. But um, yeah, they're going to struggle if all of them are off. Yeah, um, and they can't. So they can't. They have to have someone other than. Tatum, Brown, and Smart being yep. able to hit those shots. They're going to have the fourth guy because yeah. it's probably only going to yep. be two of those three guys in any one game anyway. So, um, Pritchett's been really good, but they're going to have trouble playing him because um, he's a bit of a turnstile. Um, they're going to have a lot of trouble playing him against this good an offense. Yeah. So Yeah, because there's yeah. no one to hide him against. So, mm. yeah. There's and, no hiding in the NBA finals. And rotations <laughs> now, rotations can really... I mean, we've seen that sort of go the other direction in the last 10 years. Rotations mm. do set, tend to, net, to shorten in NBA finals, but what's happened recently is seven guys might play in game three and then one of the guys who played 20 minutes in game three might get a DMPCD in game four as they go in a different direction and someone else gets 20 minutes. So, Yeah, yeah. Um, adjustments, yeah. Yeah, and those have, you know, started to be crazy. Last year's finals was actually more of a traditional finals in that regard because, I mean, Phoenix had just ran into bodies yeah. um, and had to shorten their rotation. And in the end, they had no one else that they could throw at, Gian- at Giannis. But yeah. I don't recall Milwaukee playing more like, more than like eight guys. Um, no. Yeah. So, and they got huge production from guys like Portis off the bench. Um, yeah. I, t- I mean, my personal view is I think it's going seven. But I remember saying that on Adam's podcast about <laughs> the time the Warriors swept the Cavs after that game one where the Rob plays greatest game of all time. So this is going seven. Um, <laughs> it, it went seven more quarters at least. At least you're not doing the Charles Barkley and just picking Dallas because you don't like Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, they shoot too many threes. And it's number terrible. one, and number one <laughs> they don't defend. They're just terrible. Oh, my God. There you go. Yeah. You got my Charles Barkley impression. Good job. Um, Finals MVP? Finals MVP. Uh, I really want it to be Curry because I want him to have one. He doesn't have one yet. And I don't think I, think it's I don't think anyone is gonna if they don't if it, someone else wins it for the Warriors or the Warriors don't win the title, I don't think we're gonna be bringing up the fact that he has a Magic Johnson MVP Eastern Conference Western Conference Finals title. Uh, it depends probably. how you want to read out his resume. Yeah. If you really um, scrape in the barrel, you can say he's MVP. MVPs uh, Western Conference Finals uh, MVP. I'm sure Clyde Drexler has a would have a retrospective uh, Western Conference Finals MVP trophy somewhere, one or two of them. So mm. you know, uh, yeah, you, bra- you drag those out of the bag if you you needed to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my pick for my pick for Finals MVP is basically it kind of has to be it has to be Curry or Tatum. Because if the Celtics win, um, the only way that's going to happen is if Tatum's good enough to deserve the Finals MVP, and the only way it's going to happen with the Warriors probably is if is, is if Curry's good my, enough to do it. My argument about MVPs is, you know, well worn in certain circles and for another day. Mm. But you know, if someone like Jimmy Butler's not winning Eastern the, the MVP of that series when he like hit like yeah. hundred points in the last two games and played every single minute, just about then. Oh, but just, you didn't win. Just give it to the big guy, the 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 most 
Yeah. What'd you pull up for? Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Look, uh, Smokies, Smokies in my eyes are, are Wiggins, as I said, and maybe like a Jalen Brown. Um, that, like, that's that's the, you're at you're at adding the limb there. You're picking Boston's second best player. Good job. Well, they're really, <laughs> they're they're a bit they're a bit thin on. No, it's, it's, I was I was gonna say Smart, and then I'm like, no, nah, no one, no one is gonna pick. Marcus no one Smart. sell Marcus Smart that he could win the Finals MVP because he might start playing like, oh, I got this. Exactly. Uh, that's, how, that's what we're going to do. We'll just send him a few whispers and then they'll go. They'll get yeah. swept. <laughs> Which is what you want, Adam. Yes. Because if the Celtics F win... F Boston. If the, Celt- if the Celtics win, they go to sole possession of the most titles in history. Because you just got them to 17. You, the Lakers haven't been ahead of the Celtics since, like, Minneapolis, right? Correct. Yeah, so... Correct. That, that's all right. Yeah. Don't and, worry, and, it's, and, and it's a least, much better after Series 5 of winning time. It's okay. And at least, and at least the team fine. from California is winning. Yeah, there we go. If it's, if it's the Warriors, yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, it's, at least it's a team from the Western Conference. I just, that, uh, I nice to see that the Eastern Conference is getting stronger. <laughs> it is. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's a reference. So, Warriors, Celtics, and... I guess Warriors and seven for me, but let's hope it's a good series. Adam, we we can catch you on the podcast. You can't cop this. That's correct. Yep. Sundays Sundays with Russell talking basketball cards. Or, you know, steaming hot takes about... Basketball cards. Basketball cards. All about basketball cards. Investing in basketball cards, prospecting players... Um, seeing who's hot, who's not, uh, discussing what's happening in the league, uh, but mainly, mainly the collectability of cards. So very good, Daniel. Do you have another podcast that you see behind my back? <laughs> no, I'm like a ghost. Am it I is exclusive. Really <laughs> we should go that say exclusive Thanks. rights to the <laughs> you go without saying. Thanks, guys. Uh, fingers crossed for a great NBA finals. We will catch up uh, sometime in the off season to chew the fat. Until then, this is It Should Go That Saying. I will catch you next time.